been an exciting week in Erie County in New York politics, and there's only one place to cover it here at the Erie County GOB podcast. Thanks for joining us again. My name is Brodigan, and I'm joined as I am each and every week by the Ayatollah of Buffalo, Chairman Nick Langworthy. Welcome. Your creativity never uh, never ceases to amaze me, Brodigan. I got to be honest with you. I'm, a- I'm actually proud of myself with that one. That is very good. Very good. Um, but uh, no, thanks for thanks for being here, and uh, I'm eager to to talk about another great week uh, that we've had here in the committee. Okay. Uh, just uh, before we get to that, I do think we uh, we, we need to touch on um, the events of this past weekend. If I could, if I could just get, I mean, your, your thoughts on the terror attack in Orlando. I mean, this is, you know, your just heart just bleeds for the people of Orlando. I mean, this is. Uh, you know, three horrible tragedies uh, there in this week. Um, you know, obviously, most notably the 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 terror attack uh, over the weekend uh, at, at the club, and you know, to have you know forty nine uh, souls lost at the hands of a you know radical Islamic madman. Um, and that what words can can really um, appropriately you know, say that other than just, you know, your, your, your prayers and your heart, you know, go out to, to those people. And, um, you know, it's just hate. Uh, and it shows you that we're not, we can't even take our safety for granted in our own country anymore. And that's what I think I find most troubling. These people, you know, wanted to go and, and spend the night of having fun and being themselves and, and dancing and, uh, having a great time. And, no one thought that night when they walked into that nightclub that, you know, that'd be the last thing they did. And, um, you know, I just hope that, you know, there's so much division right now in this country and, you know, everyone wants to point fingers at various politicians. And, you know, if you're on the left, you want to point fingers at the right. And if you're on the right, you want to point fingers at the left, but you know, there's a huge human side to this, uh, you know, and, uh, this 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 radical Islamic hate has no has no uh, ideology you know that it favors. I mean it you know certainly there's probably a, you know at a, at a gay and lesbian nightclub. I mean there were probably quite a few uh, uh, people that had more of a left wing ideology. Um, you know radical Islam hates all of us equally, no matter you know what presidential candidates you support or um, you know how you fall on the American political spectrum and. Um, you know, hopefully a moment like this can unite us as Americans and, and make us more vigilant. And uh, um, hopefully this country, you know, can get serious about this. I mean, this is, um, you know, there's, there's, there's something here for, for every one of the, the groups that wants to further their own agenda, you know, whether it's uh, gun control, which, you know, obviously, you know, uh, the FBI dropped the ball. Someone dropped the ball along the way because this this person should not have passed background checks to buy uh, weapons, and and it just shows you there's holes in our system. Um, but you know, crazy people that that hate and want to do damage are going to do that, whether they're going to do it with a knife or a gun or a bomb. It's just we have to unite as Americans and understand that we're at war, and now the war is here on our home our homeland, um, and it's scary. It's really a scary time for our country, and uh, hopefully American leaders can come together to, to find some real solutions rather than just point fingers. So, I, you know, my, my heart aches and bleeds for, for the people of Orlando. 
and so many of those families that uh, lost loved ones. Uh, it's just, it, it, this should not happen here. This should not happen on our soil. That You know, it, our country was founded on the principle that Americans deserve and, and have uh, the unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And uh, the people that went to that nightclub that night wanted to go pursue happiness and, and enjoy, you know, liberty and, and, and they should as Americans, that is our right given by God. And that was taken away from them. And, um, we can't let that kind of stuff stand here. And, um, I, I have no way to segue to Albany from there other than to say, amen. And, um, Hey, let's talk about Albany. <laughs> uh, well, it's, uh, talking to, um, you know, some of uh, our colleagues that are there on the ground, uh, uh, final week in Albany, and what do you know? Nothing of real consequence is going to get done. Um, you know, the, you know, the governor and legislative leaders want to go spike the football because you can buy a drink uh, two hours earlier on a Sunday now after they enact the final legislation. So you can have a mimosa on a Sunday morning. That's probably going to be the signature uh, legislative accomplishment of the last week of session. I mean, how how pathetic is that? <laughs> And especially because I'm looking, I was reading a tweet before where uh, every day in January and February combined, like they only passed 66 things. And yesterday alone, 81 bills and just basically 81 bills of nonsense. I I mean, you know, there's all this one house stuff that they just want to get done so they can go back during their election years and and say they did it. Um, You know, there's, you know, some ministerial things that have to get done, tax extenders and the like. But why can't this get done? You know, it's got, Hey guys, this is not controversial stuff. Let's do that at the early part of the session. And at the end, we'll tackle the tough issues instead, you know, the Uber thing, uh, obviously got, you know, my go to this week. And, you know, I put out a tweet yesterday saying, you know, if, you know, the governor and leadership in the Senate and assembly cannot enact, uh, Uber for all New Yorkers, particularly upstate, um, it, it shows that they believe upstate taxpayers are second class citizens. Uh, it, it's a great service. I mean, I, you know, when I, I travel to New York quite a bit for business now and, and, and matters for our party and, you know, it, it's a lot better of a service to use than, than taxis. And when you look at a, a city like Buffalo, which is, you know, the, the, especially the urban corridor is on the rise. I mean, we have a new entertain new entertainment districts. You've, a lot of emphasis on our city and you know we're starting to pop up in these travel publications as a great place to visit well we hosted the state convention here in march and let me tell you what, what was the biggest problem why people that came here from downstate long island they they could not get a cab to go to some of the restaurants or other places in the city that they wanted to visit because there happened to be a sabers game and everything was clogged up well if we had uber that wouldn't be a problem but we're not allowed because um, the special interests in the insurance industry can't get out of the way. And, and uh, you know, I don't know who's to blame here. You know, many are pointing to the Assembly Democrats um, because, you know, they, they've had the language that they're comfortable with written by insurance lobbyists. Um, so that tells me they're bought and paid for and uh, will not allow this to go. Carl Hasty said yesterday it appears as though the matter is dead for this session. It's pathetic. It's embarrassing. Um, we are truly not a world-class state if we can't, you know, have a technology-driven 
uh, ride sharing service that is heralded in, in every metropolitan city in the country. If we can't get that done for our, our entirety of our state, shame on us. Our, our legislature and our state government is not serving us. And they don't want, uh, you know, this state to be great again. Uh, I, I am just very frustrated by that. I mean, this is this should be simple. You know, what's right is right. If, it, if it's good enough for New York City, I don't know why it's not good enough for the rest of the state. I mean, certainly the New York City taxi industry is a massive industry. Uh, as opposed to uh, upstate cities, I mean, it's you know, it's we're pretty minor league uh, in terms of what uh, the taxi uh, cab uh, lobby means uh, here in upstate New York. Um, you know, none of the upstate cities uh, that I'm aware of think are, are um, you know, they're they're not cities that it's even easy to get a cab. You got to call and perhaps wait for 45 minutes or an hour to get a ride. Uh, that would change tomorrow if we could put Uber online here. And uh, it would certainly help um, these to be great tourist destinations. And, you know, at, at the time where so much emphasis is coming on Buffalo and the resurgence of Buffalo, this would be just what the doctor ordered to make us better. But our state government can't make us better because they won't, because they're too in bed with big lobbyists like the insurance industry and shame on the state legislature. I mean, this is nonsense. And and, and not to mention besides that, I, it helps cut, it helps cut back on drunk driving because I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't have stats or numbers in front of me, but I think a, a lot of like weekend uh, accidents ca- caused by people leaving the bars. It's because it's next to impossible to find a cab on a Saturday night in the suburbs for less for less than 40, 50 bucks, as opposed to if you have Uber, you take you take up your phone, you pick up your phone. The the, the cabs there, the town car is there in like five minutes, and you're getting a safe ride home, and you're not getting to an accident with anyone. And for for some reason, you know, the the leadership at Albany is against this. Yeah, I mean, taxi services have places they won't send a cab because they can't get a return fare. Uh, Uber, you know exactly who's in your neighborhood, who you could ask for a ride. Uh, on the service. I mean, I've only used it a few times. I found it outstanding. I found it very easy to to figure out. I mean, people I know that aren't super technological understand it and and talk about it in their business travel all the time. And we can't do it. We we can't get it done. It's a public safety matter. It would create jobs tomorrow uh, for people that would become Uber drivers. But again, in this state, you can't get a damn thing done. And uh, speaking of the state uh, and um, people who think that who are foolishly think that they have a career uh, in politics, you know, statewide. And the funny thing is, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I, the um, fence over the weekend took a lot out of our sales. But I was actually looking forward to this podcast all week because we recorded last week and about an hour and a half later, uh, there were Google alerts about you having um, a disagreement uh, with our with your, the county executive. Uh, if you could uh, please recap that a little bit. <laughs> well, I, the county executive seems to be rather frustrated because uh, despite you know him feeling he had an overwhelming mandate, uh, when we figured out, I think he got the votes of 17% of the population of Erie County to win, um, you know, win his reelection last year. And I certainly wish he wasn't reelected. I wish, uh, you know, Ray Walter was our county executive right now. Things would be going in a lot better direction. Uh, but you know, he has a hubris about him that's, that's off the charts. So, you know, earlier this year, he comes out and he uh, 
in his, his bold agenda presented at the state of the county uh, presents an idea where banning plastic bags is the right direction uh, for Erie County to go in. I mean, he has this, this liberal utopian agenda uh, that he feels is, uh, you know, the way to make his mark, uh, wh- whether it be, you know, here locally, but I, my suspicion all along has been he is trying to present himself beyond the borders of Erie County. I mean, you know, messages like banning plastic bags aren't sending that to the voters of the town of Brant or the town of Grand Island. You know, that's that's uh, that's all geared towards Albany and in New York City. So um, I was approached by you know Time Warner Cable News because they said in an interview to talk about why his agenda has stalled, uh, he decided to tee off and blame me by name and say that I, you know, sat down all the Republican elected officials and said, you will stop Mark Polencar's uh, agenda dead in its tracks because I'm worried that not that he's going to be county executive forever, but that he has a bright future in state and national politics, and I want him stopped. So make him look bad. Um, <laughs> I want his agenda stopped. <laughs> that uh, you know, make no mistake. Th- that almost I makes Obama look humble. Uh, it's just it, it, it's it, the delusions of grandeur in Mark Polencar's are off the charts. I mean, this, there's never been a politician uh, in Western New York that's been more impressed with himself than Mark Polencars is. And uh, for him to even say that, I mean, I, I find it very unprecedented that the county executive, the chief executive of our government has decided to single me out by name is uh, his biggest problem uh, for his agenda. I would say, you know, the reality is we have a very independently minded Republican majority in the Erie County legislature that just said, no, you're spending too much money. You're presenting a, a bunch of liberal nonsense uh, in terms of uh, an agenda uh, for the government. And um, no, you, you have to have compromise if you want to succeed. Um, you know, they're, they're approving, you know, he's trying to create a a scenario where there's gridlock in the government. There's no gridlock. I mean, the things that the government needs to function are getting done each and every week. Uh, the, the proposals and things that he puts forward that have to get done uh, to run the government are being done just fine. And there's been no uh, Washington-style gridlock. What what has been stopped in this tracks are stupid ideas. And stupid ideas like, you know, pissing away $75,000 in tax money to uh, have a study about, you know, what it would mean, uh, to the region to, to ban plastic grocery bags. You know, that, that's a big one. Um, you have another situation where, um, you know, he has tried to tackle the issue of lead paint. Well, that's a very serious issue. And our legislators have also agreed, all right, there's gotta be a role for the county. Now, the city also has its inspectors that go into homes and, and police the issue of lead paint. And there's a lot of old, old housing stock that's fallen into disrepair. And sure, we, we should do what we can. Uh, but with Mark Poland cars, it's my way or the highway. There's no, let's get something done that we can all agree on and work forward. So Poland cars uh, had put a proposal out there to... You know, it required hiring, you know, 10 or 12 new inspectors and spend another, you know, uh, probably a million dollars to do that. Um, Our legislators said, okay, you you can hire them uh, for sure. But just for budgetary purposes, we have all these vacant positions and county government always runs a lot of vacant jobs. It's a county executive tactic as they create their budget to, to basically cook the books and hide money. 
So there are positions that are generally never going to be filled. There are, you know, somewhere on, uh, there are dozens of jobs that have been vacant for over uh, one whole calendar year. So the legislators said, we'll put these people, you know, we'll go and you can hire all these people. Just give us the offset, uh, eliminate, you know, the same amount of money in the vacant positions that have been vacant for over a year. And, and let's go do it. He said, I will never negotiate on public safety. So what does that tell you? Does he really want his program or does he want to grow the size of his county government? I mean, if, if the job's been vacant for 12 months, we probably could do without it. You could probably get rid of all of those positions. Um, and and that's, that's the Mark Paul and Cars agenda. He has roughly 200 more employees today uh, than when he started in the go- as the executive. Um, you know, county government, I think, costs somewhere around $80 million uh, more uh, annually than it did when he started. And it's just, you know, he's not doing it in drastic, huge amounts every year, but he's gradually growing the size and scope of the county government. And let me tell you what, they're using fund balance at this point to balance the books. We are not equipped for a recession. If this, if, if, uh, you know, things are okay now, but he was handed a very clean balance sheet by Chris Collins because Chris Collins made probably eight years worth of difficult decisions, really hard decisions and unpopular decisions uh, in his one term as county executive. And that's probably what led to his demise. I mean, change should come in a more slow and gradual pace and Collins was patient to do. Um, so, uh, he, he was, he was handed a, a balance sheet that was pristine and he's eroded that and he continually moving on that, hiring new people, creating new programs, spending new money. And we're on our way in a, on a road to ruin, like we had in the middle of the last decade, uh, which led to a red and green budget situation. And we became a laughing stock of the country. We're the only community in America that has two control boards, one for the city of Buffalo, one for the County of Erie. And, um, you know, this has been, uh, supposedly a period of, of great economic prosperity for the country. Um, that is, you know, what is going to happen if we have a recession in the, in the nation? I mean, the County government's the first place, uh, where a recession gets felt because we're passed through. So, yeah, I am proud to stand and, and, and do whatever part that I can as a party leader uh, to, to try to stop a, a, a foolhardy agenda that spends too much money and, and creates a government that we can't afford. Uh, but, you know, for him to say that I'm trying to block him because he's a future leader in the national party, uh, in the Democratic Party or, or uh, a statewide candidate. I mean, I, I think, as I said in the Time Warner area, the only one that thinks that Mark Polencar's is a future statewide candidate or a national figure is Mark Polencar's. And, and I, I found it very funny that after, you know, a guy that, that can't stop talking on Twitter uh, and social media, he said nothing about our time Warner exchange. So um, I think that spoke, the, the silence spoke volumes. I, 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 and to, to me, the dumbest thing is, I mean, he could have just as easily relied on the the boring old liberal trope of well, well Langworthy hates change or Langworthy hates progress. Instead, he goes with Langworthy hates my budding political career that everyone knows that I have. It's uh, it's a guy with an ego that can't even fit in the Rath County office building. 
I mean, he's off the charts. He, I mean, you talk to people in his own party, and they really don't personally like him. They just know they have to deal with him. Uh, he's a lot like his dear friend, Andrew Cuomo, who's not really a dear friend of his. Ah, on that pleasant note, <laughs> before, we, um, before we let you go, how was the Chairman Trump table last weekend? Uh, another outstanding turnout, and uh, we, had, we had over 125 people there on Saturday morning. The weather was beautiful, and you know people came out to Orchard Park. Uh, we actually heard uh, from J.P. Miller from the, uh, the New, New York Empire Report, which is a great uh, Drudge Report-style website that catalogs um, the news of the day. Uh, that is all New York political centric. So I'd urge you to go to NewYorkEmpireReport.com. It's a, it's, it'll save you some time hopping around to sites because just like Drudge, he condenses it, puts it all in one spot so you can find <laughs> the key news of the day. Um, so that, that was uh, a, a nice presentation. You know, Joe Trainer gave a, a great presentation about his campaign and uh, to be the next district attorney of Erie County. And, um, you know, we also heard from Congressman Collins. Uh, he, that was the first round table he attended this year uh, to, you know, talk about really what he's been spending a ton of time doing, which is out there campaigning for Donald Trump and uh, being, a, you know, one of the key national surrogates for the campaign. So, uh, it, it's just amazing that the local Buffalo flavor that this campaign has developed um, for, for Donald Trump. I mean, you have, you know, Carl Palladino is the, the chairman of the state campaign. You know, Chris Collins is the head of the congressional uh, efforts for the, the presidential campaign. You know, myself and Dave DiPietro and our sheriff, Tim Howard, are co-chairs of the campaign. And, uh, you know, we have key members of the staff as well. I mean, Michael Caputo, uh, you know, Buffalo Zone is running communications for the entire national convention. Uh, our former uh, director of operations at headquarters is working at his uh, side in Cleveland right now, Stephanie McGrath. So we we have a lot of people in key roles, uh, you know, on the on the national level right now, and uh, it's it's good for us here at the Erie County Republican Committee. It's good for for you know New York State purposes as well. So it's uh, and I think a lot of good will come out of that. And, you know, we're getting closer and closer to Cleveland. So there'll be a lot to talk about in the weeks ahead about the National Convention. Let's leave it there. Chairman, thank you. Thank you, Brodigan. And uh, thank you to everyone for, for listening. This has been another episode of the Erie County GOB Podcast. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Instagram. Find us all over the Internet. Find us all over, all over Erie County. And we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>